Hello world, I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. Hello, hello, and welcome, everybody. Today, we are going to be talking about relationships, something, oddly enough, I feel like we don't do that much on this podcast. Uh, (laughs) I'm not really sure why, maybe because I'm not currently in a relationship, but I think about relationships a lot, and it's something that I'm definitely focused on with a lot of my clients. So I thought, let's do a podcast about it. And I wanted to do this specific topic because I recently have sort of polled some of my clients and said, what is the tip, trick, or piece of advice that you most often give out to other people that came from our session? You know, what is the thing where like, oh, I love that. I tell my friends, I tell my family, I tell other people this thing. And over and over, it was the cup of coffee analogy that I give them around relationships. So I thought, well, I'm sitting here with my cup of coffee. Why not talk about it in a podcast? And I'm going to talk about this in relationships, uh, meaning romantic relationships. That's just how I'm going to talk about it for the context of this podcast. But if it's helpful for you, please think of this in terms of a platonic relationship as well. This could be a relationship with a friend, a family member, child, whatever it is for you. Relationships are relationships. So feel free to make this work for you. And what the full cup of coffee analogy is, is that so often I get clients who haven't done their work or don't do their work, and then they come together and expect it to work. And the problem is when we are unhealed, when we come into relationships with unhealed pain, unhealed trauma, unhealed negative thought patterns and stories, then we are expecting the other person to fix us, save us, and heal us. Most of society is doing this. I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but if I was going to, I'm totally going to put a percentage on it. I believe it's like 90 fucking percent. Did I pull that out of my ass? Absolutely, I did. But from what I see, this is so much of what we are doing in society. We want to be saved 
by somebody else. I mean, even just think of, you know, oh, but if you just had these things that society says, oh, if you just had the love of a good woman, right? Like you see all these movies for men of like going to battle, going to war. You like my little sexy voice? You're welcome. But I'm going to battle, going to war. And all I need is that like supportive woman at home so that when I come home from battle, she's there to like take care of me and like literally bandage up my wounds for me. Right? Like how fucking metaphorical is that? Like I just sort of lay there and let a woman like take care of things for me. And then for women, right, we have this selling of the white knight who's going to come and literally fucking rescue us from the goddamn tower. I don't know, Rapunzel, why don't you cut off your fucking hair, tie it to something and shimmy down it yourself. But that's not what we're sold. We're sold that being in a relationship, being in a couple or if you're thinking about this platonically, having that best friend, having that good relationship with your parent or your child, that that is what is going to save us. That somebody at some point is going to save us. And that's bullshit. That is why so many of us so desperately want to be in a relationship. Yes, love is great. Yes, sex is wonderful. Yes, companionship is awesome. Partnership being a team. These things are great. But so often what we are truly looking for is somebody to save, fix, and heal us. And that is not fair to put on somebody else. And guess what? They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, or they're not going to be able to it, or they are going to do it, and it's not their responsibility. Now they can't work on their own shit because they're busy fixing, saving, healing yours. It's not fair, and it very rarely works. So I say 90% because nobody in society teaches us really how to help ourselves, so we are looking for that person that is going to do it for us. And when that person, we're in that relationship, and that person isn't doing it for us, we turn to drugs, we turn to smoking, we turn to alcohol, we turn to shopping, we turn to doom scrolling. We are turning to something external to save us to fix us because we don't know how to fix ourselves. This is the shit they should have taught us in school, but didn't. Dun, 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 dun. That is the underlying idea of my entire podcast. You guys, I've really got to get some sort of sound going on here because you people should not have to listen to this with me, but you do. You're here now. So the analogy I give with my clients is you need to be your own full cup of coffee. Because a full cup of coffee is delicious. A full cup of coffee is all you need. It is mm, it is warm. It is luxurious. You can curl around it. You can cuddle around it. It's good in the summer. It's good in the winter. It's good in the fall, in the spring. Mm-mm-mm. Full cup of coffee, there is nothing like it. It's everything you need. And if someone came over to your perfectly wonderful full cup of coffee that was satisfying in every single way and said, hey, do you mind if I uh, put a little bit of whipped cream on that cup of coffee? You'd be like, well, my, 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 yes, you can. Did I win the lottery today? Absolutely, you can put whipped cream on my cup of coffee. Now you have a goddamn cup of coffee, which is so magical and special and perfect the way it is, and then somebody put whipped cream on it. Yes! And the whipped cream is just to be enjoyed. 
It's just that little extra oomph. Or maybe if you're not a whipped cream fan, they put sprinkles on. Jimmy's if you're listening in Europe, the UK. If not, that was a very weird segue. So I'm so terribly sorry about that. But um, the first time someone said, would you like some Jimmy's on your ice cream? I was like, wow, I've got so many questions. Anywho, let's go back. Whipped cream. Sometimes the whipped cream, you have a kind of a cooler cup of coffee, right? And the whipped cream sticks around for a while. Sometimes the whipped cream is just delicious, but it doesn't last very long. It melts away. Either way, you love it while it's there. And that is what a relationship should be. It should be two people having done and doing their work so that they are already their full cup of coffee. They are an independent person with their own life, their own interests, their own abilities who come together and are the whipped cream on each other's cup of coffee. This is the 10% I'm talking about. Let's be honest. Most people in relationships are not happy. It's just a fucking fact. And yes, some people are happy, truly, madly, deeply in love, happy. A lot of us are miserable. A lot of us are just unhappy. A lot of us are fine, okay, copacetic, not fighting at least, partners, surface level partners, co-parents in the same household. I mean, there's all different versions of relationships and most of them are not what we want because they're not the whipped cream on an already full cup of coffee. Those couples, those 10% of couples that are truly so happy with each other are each other's whipped cream. They're not saving each other. They are enjoying each other. When you both come as your full cup of coffee, nobody is depleting each other. You get to have your life, they have their life, and then you come together. Whether you're coming together to start a business, you're coming together, you raise children together, you go on adventures together, you just live life together. You are bringing those two full cups of independent coffee and then just enjoying each other. Because when we need from our partner, we need them to save us. We need them to make up for the love that we didn't get as a child. We need them to heal our inner child. We need them to heal and prove to us that not all men or not all women are bad. We need them to fix our feelings about ourselves. We need them to build up our self-confidence, to get us over our ex, to assure us that our ex was wrong about us when we just have wounds all over ourselves that we haven't healed, then our partner just bumps into them. And then we have these unrealistic expectations on our partner to make ourselves better, to fix all of those wounds. And it's just not fair. It's just not going to happen. They're trying to work on their own wounds. And when we're in a relationship for a long time, we often forget and just think that that person is an extension of ourselves. God, I see this so much with clients. We forget that they are their own person, that every single day that they wake up and choose to still be with us is a blessing, that we need to be grateful for that instead of having an expectation around that. When they're good to us, they make us feel wonderful things. Well, that's just the whipped cream because first we're making ourselves feel that way. 
First, we are loving ourselves. We are having our own confidence. We are fixing those wounds ourselves. We are healing ourselves, whether by ourselves or with this podcast or therapy or wherever it is that you need to help with your own wounds. That way you guys don't trigger each other because man, two full cups of coffee with some whipped cream sounds really great, but you know what doesn't sound great? Lobbing bombs at each other all day over a fence that both of you live on either side of and just lob shit back and forth. We're supposed to be a team, right? Yet how many couples do you know that are each other's worst enemy? They're the ones that are the first to sabotage, the first to put you down, the first one to be the devil in your story, to be the antithesis, right? How often is that actually what's happening? So making sure that you are your full cup of coffee and that you are not in a relationship with somebody who only has half a cup of coffee. Because believe me, I have done this. I have been that full cup of coffee and I just feel like, wow, this is so great. I have this full cup of coffee. Wow, this is so wonderful. And then I meet a partner who has a half a cup of coffee. And because I'm a loving, wonderful, giving person and because I'm female in this country and I have been raised to give and give and give and make sure that everybody around me is so happy, I find these partners that have a half a cup of coffee, and then I go, oh, well, um, uh, I want you to be happy because I love you. So instead of sitting back, having boundaries, and demanding that you do your own work to give yourself a full cup of coffee, I start giving you out of my coffee mug. Because I feel so bad that you only have a half a cup, and I've got this full cup here. And doesn't that just feel selfish to have a full cup of coffee? It's not. You've done your work for that, but we end up giving a little bit and then they're, oh, they're so grateful and they're so happy. And then we just keep giving a little bit more, a little bit more. And then what happens? They have a full cup of coffee and we are the ones with a half a cup now. Or we've given a little bit to them. Some has leaked out of theirs. Then we have to just keep giving and giving. And you're like, wait a minute, how do I keep filling that cup of coffee for them? And it keeps somehow leaking out or spilling out. Now they don't have a full cup and I don't have a full cup and I'm getting exhausted from giving out. Or you get a partner who you try to make boundaries with and they don't have a full cup of coffee and man, your full cup of coffee looks real, real good. So they take their straw and they put it in your cup of coffee and they just start siphoning it off. Whether that is emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, Sometimes it's a slow drip. Sometimes it's a big suck. But it isn't fair. And we can't do this and maintain this long term. We become depleted and they become dependent on us. And I will tell you something that you don't want to hear. And society doesn't allow us to hear. And that is you cannot love somebody enough to make them happy. You cannot love somebody into loving themselves. Mm, I'll say that again. You cannot love somebody into loving themselves. It's one of the first things I look at when I date somebody. Does he love himself? Because you can only love somebody at the level in which you love yourself. So it's one of the absolute very, very first things that I look at. 
Does he love himself? Does he have confidence? Am I just going to have to slow drip these things onto him? And sure, it's always nice to hear from your partner. You look nice. You're great. Everybody loves compliments. Words of affirmation is my love language. I love that. But I'm not needing that. I'm not siphoning that off. Man, if my partner's given me that, how wonderful. What wonderful whipped cream. But we know couples where somebody is always going to their partner for, you know, do I look nice? Do I look pretty? Do you think I'm smart? Do you think I'm good enough? Why are you looking at her? You know, oh, you say you weren't looking at her, but I know you were. Jealousy, jealousy, jealousy. Build me up, build me up. I don't have any confidence myself. It's up to you to give me my confidence. No, it is not. They can't give you enough confidence. There is not enough coffee in anybody's coffee mug to make up for yours. But it is so hard to do our own work sometimes. So hard. It's so scary to look at the stuff. Believe me, I know. This is what I do for a living. I put my little helmet flashlight on and I go under people's beds and I look at the things that are real hard for them to look at. I get it. But you can't just walk into a relationship and think they're going to do all that hard work for you. It's not going to happen. So you cannot love somebody into loving themselves. And you cannot do somebody's work for them. I will say that one again. You cannot do somebody's work for them. It doesn't work that way. And what I often actually mean by that is red flag My biggest red flag is when somebody tells me their partner won't go to therapy. Do not get into a relationship with somebody who will not go to therapy. Do not do that. It doesn't end well. 100% of the time, it doesn't end well. What they're saying is that when shit gets hard, and shit gets hard in relationships, it really does. When shit gets hard... I am not going to do what it takes to fix it. You're going to have to try to fix it because I am not going to do my part. That's what that says. And I get it. Therapy can be hard. Therapy can be scary. I get it. But you deserve a partner that's up for the challenge. You deserve a partner that is willing to do what it takes, even the hard stuff, even the scary stuff to work on this relationship, to work on the communication, to work on the tools. You deserve that. Everybody deserves that. Do not get yourself into a partnership with somebody who is not willing to do what it takes. I see this all the time and it breaks my heart. Somebody is desperately unhappy with their relationship and what is happening. And I say, well, what about, what about couples therapy? Yeah, they won't go. What about individual therapy? Yeah, they won't go. And I don't know what to say because if they're not willing to work on it, and yes, there are other ways to work on it, but it all involves them doing something, right? You could listen to podcasts. You could, they could read the books. They could, right? But if they're not going to therapy, they're not doing other shit either. Oftentimes, that's what it takes doing that hard work, looking at yourself. And I, I don't know what to tell them because it's not going to end well. And I don't mean that it always ends in divorce. Sadly, I mean oftentimes that doesn't end in divorce. Ah, uh, that is the most heartbreaking thing because you know you guys know how much I love divorce. Um, if you follow me, you know I'm a huge fan of divorce. I'm a huge fan of getting to start over when you are wildly unhappy and there's no chance for happiness. So I can't even say that it ends badly because it ends in divorce. 
it ends worse than that. More often than not, I see it end in one partner shoving their wants, needs, desires, things they deserve in life down and just numbing out and saying, okay, I give in. I don't want to get divorced. I'm too scared to get divorced. I don't have the confidence. I'm scared to be back out there. All those reasons that people who should be getting divorced, who really, truly don't want to be in this situation, stay. That's what I mostly witness. And I witness it as it is happening, as that decision, that painful decision is happening. I'm watching it on their face, in their eyes, in their body language. They say something has to change. I'm unhappy. It can't go on like this. Something has to change. I said, well, they're going to go to therapy. No, they won't go to therapy. Well, I don't know what to tell you. And they make that decision right there to shove it down inside, to just stop having needs. And that's their right. That's their choice. People get to do that. They get to choose that. Absolutely. But they deserve better. You deserve better. And so oftentimes people will come to me or they'll go to therapy because they're hoping to, that if they do the work, if they, if they go to therapy, then they can learn enough and they can teach the other person and then they can help the other person via osmosis. And I'm like, yeah, no, it doesn't work that way because you're still the one doing all the work. And if they weren't willing to th- go to therapy, they're certainly not going to be willing to listen to you telling them what to do from a therapist. That is never going to work. And then you're doing their work for them. And that's not okay. And it doesn't actually work. And I know why we do it. I have been there. We do it because we love them and we don't want the relationship to end. And we just know that if they just tried a little bit, if they just had the tools and if they just dealt with their mother issues and if they just, if they just, if they just, then it would all be okay. But they're not willing to. They're not willing to do what it takes. Like I said, it's not always therapy. It's the right answer. But are they reading the books? Are they listening to the podcast? Are they talking to their parents? Are they, you know, are they doing something? The other issue that comes up around being a full cup of coffee is that if you pour your cup of coffee into theirs, if you save them, if you are able to quote unquote save them, which you never really are, but if it feels like you are saving them, You're the one teaching them. And believe you me, I have walked into this one a million times. So it's one of the big reasons why I'm single because I walk into this all the time, right? Like, oh, but I can save you, but I have the tools, but I have the communication, but I have the ability. I fucking teach this for a living. I can save you with this. I can teach you. I can give you all of my tools. But if you save them once, you will be saving them twice. You'll be saving them three times. You will always be saving them. It's the same reason why parents don't go out and save their children all the time, right? Sometimes you have to let them fail. Sometimes you have to let them fall on their face. So it's why kids get to the point where they push their parents away and they start being independent. They start learning for themselves because they need to be able to do it themselves and not always rely on their parents. That is an incredibly important developmental stage in every child's life, in every parent-child relationship. Parents cannot save their children. Partners cannot save their partner. Because then you will rewire the brain. Let's say it works, right? You will rewire the brain, their brain, into always going to you to have things solved. 
They don't develop their own tools. The tool they develop is to come to you to have things solved. And sometimes we love that because we haven't healed that wound in us. We love that our partner comes to us to save, heal, and fix. It makes us feel so good about ourselves. Our ego just sucks that up. Mm, We love that. But that's not true partnership. It's a very young parent-child partnership. They have to do their own work. They have to save themselves. You will become depleted. You will become exhausted. You won't be able to always do it. And you won't be in a partnership. What you need to do is support them while they help themselves. Loving support. Plinking your coffee cup to their coffee cup and saying, I believe in you. I know you can do this. I am right here to listen to you. I am right here to cheerlead you. I am right here to understand you. I am right here to enjoy life with you. But I'm not going to save, heal, or fix you. I am not going to give you my coffee. I'm going to be here for you while you fill up your own cup of coffee. And then we'll just put whipped cream on the top of them and enjoy each other. You deserve that and they deserve that. Have a good one, everyone. Love you. Are you somebody who identifies as female and you have been procrastinating on doing your work? You've been procrastinating on doing the things that you know you need to do to make yourself happier, to bring yourself more joy and more fulfillment in your life. And you keep saying, yeah, but I'll do that when the kids are older or I'll do it when I get to this place in my career. I'll do it when my husband and I are in the right place. I'll do it when future, future, future. The time is now. Think about joining the sisterhood group coaching that I do. It is a way to stay accountable to yourself, a place to take that deep breath for yourself in the month, to reorient your brain back onto focusing on you, which is where it deserves to actually be, and to do it in a community of women that are doing the same thing. We look forward to seeing you.